well, Jackson. I'm, I'm the old grizzled cop with, I, I've got baggage for, for days. What, what do you got? Are you, are you some sort of plucky young, young guy who's gonna uh, try my temper and make me learn how to care again? I feel like you're setting me up to do like a stereotype of some racial group here because it's always like, or it's usually like. Who said the, I'm not a racial oh, stereotype? Oh, you're, yeah, you're the Danny Glover. I could. I you're could the Danny be, Glover. Right. Maybe I'm an Asian lady who smoked a lot. You uh, don't well, know. As you're doing this, I'm going between like, do I do a Chris Tucker? Do I do a. <laughs> Never met with a black man stereo. <laughs> Yeah, this week we're discussing buddy cop movies in honor of Stuber that just came out. Thank you for allowing me to dodge that because I wouldn't have been able to do anything that wasn't inappropriate. I like to start out the podcast by being an ass, so we just set the tempo. Right. Um, But yeah, buddy cop movies. Yeah. In honor of Stubes. In honor, yes, in honor honor of the Stubes. um, And one of our, like the main one that we're actually going to be dealing with is actually Canine. Starring Jim Belushi, where he gets a, a a dog, a dog partner. Excuse me? I'm just kidding. We're oh, not doing thank that. God. No, the real one is actually uh, Collision Course with Jay, <laughs> Jay Leno <laughs> and Pat Morita, pa- a.k.a. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi, yes. Uh, no, we're not doing that. No, we're but, not doing that either. But you got any other ones? There's got to be more. We, you uh, know, 48 got, Hours. Or that, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. Or uh, uh, what was the one with Stallone and Kurt Russell? There's there's one oh, there, God. too. Oh, mm, God. I just fucking saw it. And I was like, I should Tango watch. Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash, yeah, yes. No, but 48 Hours. 48 okay. Hours is the one that we are doing as sort of our template. Yeah. It's... uh. And we'll get into why that makes sense. Yes. Really? Yep. But uh, yeah, welcome to Bored and Annoyed. I'm home with the movies. I'm Jackson. And uh, we're starting with news. Bringing you the most important and the most entertaining news that you will get all day is the movie news with a couple of rabble-rousers, Jackson and home at the movies. It's Bored and Annoyed with the news. First piece of news, uh, I figure let's just Get it out of the way. Marvel shill. Motherfucker. Just do it. All right. Taika Waititi is fucking back, baby. He's back. Thor 4 is a go. He is directing and writing. The only sad thing is, is that now Akira is delayed indefinitely. Okay. Uh, you're. This is a worthwhile change this for you, This is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, okay. So here's... This is the first tri- uh, quadrilogy in yes. the Marvel Universe, correct? This is really, Outside of Avengers. Yes. And this is the thing. That's what one of the thing that it, things that excites me is like we've now gotten away from the idea of like, oh, a third movie means it's the end, means that this is the end of an arc, whatever. It kind of, it sort of, I think that you were always going to run the risk of Marvel seeming predictable. If everybody gets a trilogy, everybody gets a couple Avengers appearances, and then it's over. Sure. If if now it's like, I agree oh, with that. oh uh, Thor is going to show up in Guardians, and he also has a fourth movie, and he's going to show up in another Avengers, that makes it like, I don't know where Thor might die. I don't know what's going to happen with the character where he's going. Sure. And uh, also, this makes it so you feel like there can be a lot more Spider-Man, too. Yes. Good. Yes, that's I mean, 
of all the characters that deserves more stories, it is Spider-Man. Yes. He's a fucking kid. I want to see. Can't wait till Sony comes out with that next Spider-Man movie. Oh, my God. Away from Marvel. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Is it going to make a billion dollars? I think it's almost guaranteed at this point. It's at uh, 850 or over 850 already. Damn. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that dumpster fire happen. I Just... I definitely would not have. But uh, yeah, all things are coming up Marvel right now. I, I know that people get tired of it. It's kind of like the Patriots, I think. They're like the Patriots of movies. They're like the point. Patriots of box office blockbusters. Yeah, because uh, Avengers might actually beat Avatar now. Seven million behind. Huh? Yes, less than seven million. It's like six and a half right now. Interesting. I... I'm shocked. I really did not see this coming. Um, it made about five million last week alone, like worldwide. Okay. So, I mean, that means I mean you're looking at a fifty percent drop. So over the next three four weeks, we might see it in three or four weeks. There you go. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, if there's ever been a time that geeks can say we're here, uh, yeah, we're here. We're not queer, he's, but we are see here. how proud he is. I'm, well, some of them are queer, right? Some of them are Which queer. Which is fine. That's true. There's yeah. nothing wrong nothing with that. Nothing wrong with, not that there's anything yeah, right. wrong with that. <laughs> Two weeks in a row with uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's uh, Marvel news. I'm done with the Marvel news. You, you can rest assured I'm done. Um, till next time. Till next week or the week after. Right. Um yeah, let's see. Well, actually, there is a little bit of a tangential Marvel relation in this one. Uh, Lashana Lynch, who was uh, 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 Monica Rambeau, I believe her name is, from uh, Captain Marvel. Okay. She may be the new 007, question mark? Yeah. Um, so when I first read, like, somebody had posted something like, the new James Bond is this black chick. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, What? How is her name James? Well, right. Well, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Are they making it? Are they announcing like the next movie? What the fuck is going on here? Right. Um, uh, I was like, okay, well, this sounds really stupid. No mm-hmm. offense, but any first off, James Bond is a dude. Right. It's a guy's name. Yep. He's been a character forever. Right. Uh, he seems to be in. It seems incapable to stop him as far as the character getting stale. I mean, these are all successful movies. Why would they fuck with the formula? Oh, and then you read like, oh, people are just flipping out over nothing. It sounds like it's just like a, he's, she's the new 007 at the beginning of the movie or something. Yeah. Before he comes back. Right. So So, what the fuck is the problem? Yeah. Yeah. What are, what are we flipping out about? But it's the internet. Yes. What would it be without people flipping out? That's true. But yeah, I mean, I'm hoping this movie is going to be fucking good because I know Christoph Waltz is back as as Blofeld. And I felt like that was a setup movie. Yes. That was one of the reasons I was kind of bummed when it sounded like Craig might not return was Mm -hmm. because like they kind of wasted Waltz, I felt like, in the last movie. uh, What was the one? What was Uh, it called? Spectre. Yeah, that movie sucked. I thought it was okay, but it was like it definitely as far as his role. Nah, like it just didn't. It, I just thought it was such a shit James Bond movie. There are a couple of fun little action scenes, but as far as like what was set with Skyfall and Casino Royale, it is well, such. it was better than Quantum of Solace. Though. I mean, yeah, 
But I mean, that's like saying this turd is better than this turd. Yes, that's true. But um, that does happen. It does Sometimes happen. Sometimes you have a nice clean turd yeah. and you don't have to wipe that much. And the other times you're, you're bleeding out of your ass. You use the, the whole time. roll. Yeah, it's right. It's the worst. Um, <laughs> that's what that movie is. It's the whole roll of movies. I hated Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I, I have thoughts on this, which is. This could be really interesting in that we could actually get some new lore stuff in James Bond. I mean, James, sure. James Bond is something that's it's it's where you get the intrigue is like the villain who's the new villain of the movie. Yeah, it's you not know? really a lore based right. outside of like the characters. Right. You know who they are right. and their role in the actual but, movies. But now we can learn something new about, you know, how 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 it functions, how like the 007s are chosen. You know, is there a 004? Is there a 002? 006. There, I mean, there was 006. Yeah, Alex Trevelyan. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> I so love good. I love that shit. And I, I, I think it's a good idea because I think it's, you know, why is he agent 007? I think that's an interesting question sure. to ask. Yeah, I mean, it could be good. I mean, I, shit, I will reserve judgment until I see the movie. And you know what would be an absolutely amazing, mind-blowing, and this is something that I would do if I was writing James Bond, is you find out that it's actually a ranking system. And he's only the seventh best, which mean there, oh, means there means there are six people out there that are technically better than no, him. No, I can't it, handle that. That would be I would be fucking, upset. It would be well. The reason here's 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 how you make it work is that he has to you know it's it's the kind of like 006 thing from Goldeneye. Sure, they're they're bad or whatever, and he has to <laughs> he has to beat them. So then by the end of the movie, you find out he really is the best. But it raises the stakes because instantly you're like, oh, they're statistically better assassins, better spies, whatever, than him, which means they should be able to kill him. It increases the threat. Well, they've done that like in uh, Skyfall, wasn't, uh, what's his name, a a former agent and whatever. Yeah, Javier Bardem. I got to tell you, if they ever came up with that where they said Bond isn't the best. Right. Not happy. Mm. Not a happy guy. Well, I still am mad at Judy Dench because at the beginning of tomorrow of uh, of uh, Die Another Day, after he gets kidnapped, she tells him that he's useless to her. I still am <laughs> mad at her. Wow. Yep. Judy, he's got an axe to grind. I think you better call him. God, they. I really have. Overall, I feel like they've done a good job mm-hmm. with Bond in these last four. So I have no reason. To believe that this won't be good, especially since Carrie uh, Joji Fukunaga, Fukunaga Waki or whatever the fuck his name is. is Racially sensitive. That's yep. what we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think this movie is going to be great. I really yeah, do. Rummy Malik and uh, Christoph as well, the villains. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a stacked cast. And I actually think Lashana Lynch did a really good job for what she was given in Captain Marvel. Sure. Um Let's see what else. Uh, uh, Dacray Montgomery. Sorry, I think I got that wrong. He played the Red Ranger in the new Power Rangers movie. Okay, he's in Stranger Things. Yes, Stranger Things guy. Uh, Billy, he, I think. Uh, Jason. In Stranger Things, that's his name. Oh, Bill. Oh, that is funny because there's a right? Billy Power Ranger, but he plays oh, Jason. Oh, yeah, I got the, it. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. I didn't even think about that. Um, you corrected me. I know my power. Rangers. I know. Yeah. Don't, don't mess. <laughs> don't mess with Jason. He's no Billy. <laughs> Fucking nerd. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, he says that the Power Rangers are actually being rebooted. This is hysterical to me. Mm. They just did this. I mean, what? 
they just did a Power Rangers. They movie. D- they did do they did just do one. Like what? How are we ready for another Power Rangers movie? And what makes them think this one would be any more successful than the first one was? I think that's a okay. The latter question is a really good question. Yes. Because what makes you think it's going to be successful? I think the former question is a little easier because not a lot of people saw it. It was kind of a box office bomb. Right. But there's a reason for that. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I think part of it was the fact that the marketing was pretty lackluster. They they did not. This is a property that relies heavily on nostalgia. And it didn't look like the Power it Rangers. It didn't look yeah. like the Power Rangers. It didn't sound like the Power Rangers. You got to lean into it. I mean, I, as much as I hate how much nostalgia is taking over everything in society, if you want this to be financially successful, you pull a Lion King. You put the original Power Rangers theme in there. You make the characters look like they did in the show. You make the costumes look like good versions of what they looked like in the show. Sure. I would agree, actually. So, I don't know. I still think it's going to be a miserable failing bomb, though. It'll be interesting. I am I am interested to see what they do. Because I did not like the Power Rangers no, movie that came I out. I didn't either. I it saw had that one too. moment of pure awesomeness, which was when they're fighting the putties and it played the original theme for 15 seconds. And I said, this is what I came for. And then it ended. <laughs> and it was awful. It stunk. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Oh, and last piece of news, something that refutes what we were uh, doing last week. Lion King reviews. Yes. The reactions were pure gold. Reviews, reviews, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll uh, release an episode where we kind of talk about the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, next week. Yeah. It does sound like what, I mean, quick little synopsis. It sounds like people are saying it's basically almost a shot for shot remake. And um, and the animals do not emote the way yes. that, that uh, the cartoon could. Sure. Um, this is a little... Uh, I'm a little concerned now. Yeah. I we, made that boastful claim that I guaranteed that yeah. I would like this Lion King movie. Right. Well, and I I feel like an asshole because I asked you, do you think this is going to be in your top five of the year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Hey, it could be. It could be. Yeah. I mean... We, Why couldn't it be? We don't always go with the critics. We have brains of our own. Yeah. Uh, is that it? That, that it for the news? That is it for the news. Yes. So we're on to our topic now. Yes. Buddy cop movies. All right. So uh, I don't know about you. I don't know how much we've talked about this, but I'm a big fan of the buddy cop genre, the road oh, trip movie. Yes. Like that style of movie. Yep. I'm a fan. It's, it's hard to make one that I hate. It's got a it's got a very simplistic, good structure. Right. And it, it, it allows you to do the whole like it. It. The problem is, is that it can, it can veer into cliche really easily. Yes, 100% um, true. But when they're good, they are just a good fucking fun time. Well, and you get, you usually have two polar opposite characters that both have very well-defined arcs and they yes. turn into different people at, by the end of the movie and yep. they're emotionally touching and whatever. They're yeah. good. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're fun. yeah. It's It's exactly what you go to a movie for, which is to see a lesson play out in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm a fan of the genre. Um it's funny though because uh what we're going to get into a review of Stuber and I really think a lot of what makes a good one great is like witty, smart 
dialogue, like the great ones are smart. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're smart. And usually there's something to be said about the characters are, I mean, they're, they're all, they always have clearly defined characters. Yes. That's, that's, that's a very staple of the genre, but the characters feel real enough that you're invested in the characters. Correct. And part of that is the dialogue. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I go back to uh, the first Lethal Weapon. Yes, which is, is a fantastic fucking movie. It's it's so incredibly well written. Uh, Shane Black. Um, God, that's great. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Shane Black, buddy cop, man, because I love the fucking uh, uh, the nice, nice guys. guys. And, great uh, buddy cop movie. Yeah. And uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Not exactly. Yep. I mean, it's it's a buddy cop. That one's more of like a, yeah, that one's almost like a twist on the buddy cop thing. Yes. It's almost like its own thing. It's but weird. it's a very fun movie also. Agreed. Um, yeah, I think we're going to talk about the reason that we're talking about this. One, it's one of Jackson's favorites. It's one I had not seen. It is one of my favorites, um, but it's one of my favorites because of kind of, it's it's almost like the beginning. It's the prototypical. It's like, it's like the... <laughs> There is no chicken and egg in this scenario with the buddy of cop movie. Like it's it's this movie. Sure. This yes. is your chicken or egg. Yes. Right. Um, and it's 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, um, it's it's probably held up. It hasn't held up the best as a movie overall, but it's still extremely watchable. Mainly, I would say, because it's the two lead actors yep, and it, their performances. Absolutely. They're fucking great. It's it's a sort of a it rides and dies with its two leads. 100 percent, which which I would say a lot of buddy cop movies do. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's got um, it's got a couple great scenes and moments in it. Yeah. Um, it's got, you know, it, it's funny though, because it is one of those where like, if you just, if you didn't realize it was like the first and you watched it, you'd be like, oh, this is like the most a, cliche. It's very cliche. And it's very like, it gets to the point. There's not a lot of extra shit. It's like, what it's people true. would say, what's so special about this? Agreed. It's, like I, they would, I, I actually, the little nugget in there that you said that really struck home for me when I watched this, because this is my first time seeing it, was um, they don't waste any time. Right. They, it, to the point where you can almost make the argument that some scenes are too fast. Yes, there's I would a, agree. There's a, there's a particular scene where, uh, uh, so it stars Nick Nolte and, and Eddie Murphy, and Eddie Murphy is a, uh, a convict in prison. Yep. Um, and Nick Nolte, Nolte comes to see him and he's never met the guy. And they have almost an instant repartee. Yeah. And that scene went a little. T- I was like, wait, wait, wait. Did I see? I rewound it. Because I was like, is that really how this plays out? It's so fast. I was like, did I miss something? But I didn't. It's just so fast. Well, it's funny because it's fast. And, and you could say that, but you could also say that like the two characters are just such confident versions of what they are that they just instantly like. Yeah. They don't like each other. Yes. But they do have respect for how like straightforward. Yes. Both of them are. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it is weird, though, because you're right, because you can see in a new version of this how they would, like, really want to expand on that. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of spots in here. I mean, even the villain, the villain I feel is, like. Well, the beginning is so uh, it, it's 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 bare bones because they don't even is. really bother to give you much of a connection between the villain and 
the heroes. It's really more so this is the situation. Yes, correct. And Eddie Murphy happens to just be the person that should be in this situation. Right. Well, and uh, the villain is played by James Remar, who I like. He is uh, the shitty second Mortal Kombat movie Raiden. And he is Dexter's dad in Dexter. Yep. Um, But yeah, the the cast is good in the movie. Yep. Um, Especially uh, especially those main two. Warriors! Yep. He's in it. Uh, uh, If you haven't seen The Warriors, fucking watch it. This is directed by the same guy. Um, And it is very similar. This movie's made in 82. Um, and therefore, it actually does feel like a 70s movie. A lot of the fashion is still there. Nick Nolte has this magnificent feathered hair. Yes, it's great. It's it's, it's something else. He's- I really like Nick Nolte mo- like in movies. I think he is usually a very strong performer oh, in yeah. everything he's in. I, I would agree with that. And I do think, I mean, I do, I, 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 I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But I think oh, part of it is the voice. Yeah, he's got that. You know, I'm way down here, buddy. Yeah. I'm way down here. I'm also up here, like I'm nasally, but I'm also deep and really <laughs> gravelly. He in Tropic Thunder. Oh, great! <laughs> you're in a lot of you're in a lot of shit, shitbird, or whatever he calls him. It's so good. He's, he's so, great. Yeah, he's so incredibly good. But uh, Eddie, Mur- I mean, this is peak Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Well, this is his like breakout movie. This right. was the introduction of Eddie Murphy in the movie form to right. the world, yep. and you can see immediately. Yes. Why people thought he was great. Oh, he, he's, he's an fucking inst- awesome. He's an this. instant movie star. Yes. It's, uh, it's amazing. And um, yeah, his he, he can sell a comedic bit with very few lines. Right. Like very. Like, and and even when you, you sit back and like I sat back on a couple of them and I was like, that is such a simple. Almost. Almost not funny joke if told in a different way. But it's because it's Eddie Murphy. Right. And it's he knows how to deliver shit. Yeah. It, it, the, the movie is the it's the blueprint yeah. for buddy cop movies. Oh, yes. It totally is in almost every conceivable way. Right. Um, it doesn't have as many of the dramatic or funny moments. There's nothing extremely like out there special about it besides the fact that like, yeah, it's it's we're not fucking around with what we are. Yeah. This is the movie. You understand it real quick. Yep. Um, it's even got the stereotypical angry um, police chief. Which is fantastic. And, and it's one, one of my favorite versions of it ever because oh. the guy is just. Don't they put him? Isn't he in Last Action Hero? As the, I think he was. Yes. And he has like smoke come out of yes, his ears. And I that? think that's the same actor. Uh, yeah. It, it's uh, he's fantastic. Yes. He's great. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have like the huge. I mean. I'm sure maybe for the time it was considered bombastic action, but it doesn't have the huge no. over the top explosions nope. that, you know, come become synonymous well, with this. And like you said, the jokes aren't over the top either. Like Eddie Murphy is very subdued in this. Yes. He's not Eddie, goofy. Yep. He's not like one of the goofy buddy cop characters. Really? He, 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 he wants to get laid. That's yes. his that's his thing he's, in the movie. And he's got a great scene where he goes into a redneck bar. That's the best scene in the movie. It's one I of my say. it's one of my favorites. Um I also like the scene where uh the the warriors guy yeah. he's running out and he stops him with the car. Yes, that's great. That's and, a great fucking buddy cop scene and nick nolte is just losing it on this guy i mean i'm sitting there i'm like don't kill him man yeah he's but uh 
But I love Eddie Murphy in that scene because he's just got this shit-eating grin. Luther, are you mad at me, <laughs> yeah. Luther? Yeah, he's great. Uh, he's great. I, well, those two are both so good, too. Like, towards the end of the movie, when the arcs are really getting to the, you know, the conclusion and everyone's yeah. coming, kind of coming around, there's a scene where Nick Nolte finally has to, you know, all that racist shit I said to you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mean it. I didn't know. mean to call you. you and know, they're like, real, they see, it's like a genuine relationship at the end. Yep. Like, you know, they're not best pals. Which, uh, but uh, spoilers ruined in the sequel. <laughs> We'll save that for later. There's a whole story there for you guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean, so what okay. What 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 do you think makes a bad buddy cop movie? Um, I think it's at this point the the tropes are so incredibly ingrained in pop culture that I think if you have them and you don't acknowledge them, that's one thing that can make your movie seem bad. Okay. Um there are things in Stuber that were like that. I'm not going to, we're not getting into that review just sure, yet, but right. there are things that should have been addressed. Um, and uh, I would say maybe not having enough of a spin on the genre because this is a so clearly defined it's okay. If this is a target, this is a bullseye. This isn't like, you know, the, the, the two or the, what is it? The, the 20 at the end of the bullseye. Sure. Yes. You know, it's not that this is a very narrow thing. So if you don't bring something new, we feel it and we feel it quick. I would agree. That's true. That's true. But you can still I feel like you could still make a, you know, totally obvious, you know, not a totally cliche buddy cop movie and make it pretty good so long as the characters are good yes uh it's like semi-believable um, the comedy needs to be good right 100 percent. i totally agree i, I totally I, agree because these they ride i feel like they do kind of ride and die with the comedy I, you know what i actually wouldn't mind seeing a little bit one that's a little like this a little little more serious a little less jokey jokey sure um because we have leaned into that with like the rush hours. And but it stuff. needs to be really good. It needs to be needs, really good. You know, like I feel like Lethal Weapon is probably the one that gets both sides the be- done the best. It's got great fucking action. Right. Really dramatic moments. It's mm-hmm. a heavy movie. Yeah. But it's also fucking hilarious. The performances are great from yeah. Gibson and, and Glover. Yep. And they play off each other perfectly. And and I hate saying this because I do not like Brett Ratner as a director or as a person. Okay. But Rush Hour is actually one of my favorites. Rush Hour is great. It's, yeah. It's a ridiculously fun movie. And I love Kung Fu. So I love the Kung Fu. In I it. love Rush Hour. I love Shanghai Noon. Shanghai that's Noon another is a bu- lot. That's another buddy cop it's movie. It's a fun one. <laughs> it's a fun it's one. really good. I mean, the whole like Uno Mas scene in the <laughs> yeah. bar. It's, oh, it's great. Uh, Jackie Chan is just a fun, lovable he guy. He is. Um, maybe not the greatest actor. Actually, I haven't seen that. He gets that it up. done. I, I, the we foreigner. need to watch The Foreigner yeah. because it's on. I, I just was saying a few days ago, I, it's on TV now. Like you can watch it somewhere. And okay. I got to watch it. Yeah, that's on. That's on. Put the it list. on the list. Yeah, add it to the list. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't have too much more to say about them. If you want to get into the Stuber. Well, review. yeah, let's just continue the buddy cop movie by discussing Stuber. Yeah, um, I 
was not a big fan of this movie. Okay. Um, and the, the main thing I was thinking, like it got towards the end of the movie and I thought to myself, like, this is a designed comedy. And I laughed more and harder in the first eight minutes of Spider-Man than I did in this entire movie. Oh, really? This movie was designed to me like for giggles. There wasn't a hard laugh in this movie. I, I what I like. Okay, I love Kumail Nanjiani. Okay, I think he is. I I think when I watched this, I actually had. I don't want to say an opposite reaction because it's not a great movie, but Kumail is. This is a star. I mean, okay, the star turning role for him was really in the big sick. Sure. But this is the one where I'm like, he's great in Silicon Valley. On he, is, he, he is. He's great in that, too. Um, I thought he was great. I thought he was. Now, it's not belly laughs. OK, little story here. Girlfriend and I saw this in the theater. We were the only ones. OK, I we, was one of two people in my theater. Um, and I thought. The real letdown in this, and I think it was a script thing, was Dave Bautista. I agree. I don't feel like they utilized his ability for comedic timing and being funny the way that they could have. Yes, because really you've got one guy who's throwing quips out and you've got another guy who's kind of just, well, you're a little bitch. And it's like, okay, got it. Um, And they tried to have a little message and the message is like you see it coming a mile away. Um, but Kumail now, I don't know if it's the most quotable because a lot of it has to deal with his delivery. This was a, I feel like a purposefully designed movie for him because I'm not sure that somebody else could sell these lines the way that he sold them. I mean, I don't think this is going to sound mean. I like him, but when he's really made me laugh the most was in, is in Silicon Valley. And all of that shit is playing off the guy who plays Gilfoyle in that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like he's really good in that situation, kind of being shit on. Right. He, he is good at, like, that's kind of his role. Yeah. Um, And he was great in The Big Sick and, like, the dramatic role. Yeah. He's funny. But I, he didn't make me laugh hard in this, man. When he pulled up, when he, I mean, one of the ones that really fucking got me going was he pulls up to that neighborhood and he's just like, oh, this neighborhood is not gentrified at all. <laughs> and I just, I fucking lost it. And I was, and that's part of the reason why I was able to lose it was there was nobody in the theater. There you so go. So if something I thought was actually funny and nobody laughed, I bet you I would have held it in. I was counting giggles. Okay. I think there were eight. Okay. I laughed eight times and now, they weren't hard laughs. Now, it's not. It's certainly a lower tier laugh. It's or, just, or just buddy cop buddy movie. Buddy cop movie, It's yes. a lower tier. Okay. But Kumail is so enjoyable that I, I would still recommend people see it because of him. What are you giving this? I'd probably give it like a C plus, B minus. Okay. See, I thought you were going to go higher based on. No, it's probably it's probably a B minus just because I really liked him. I'm going to give it a C minus, okay. but only because the last 20 or 30 minutes of the movie kind of won me over. Also, there's that bit with the whole like, I'm going to throw this and you're going to shoot it and it's going to explode. It's, yeah, that was good. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. There was there's there's fun in here and they. The, my problems became that there were cliches that were not addressed. Uh, the big cliche that bothered me a lot is a twist in the movie. Yeah. So I will. Do, do we want to do spoilers? spoilers? Um, 
Yeah, let's do spoilers. And I do want to mention right at the beginning of spoilers, and I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but if you want to risk it, then listen to this before we get into the deep spoilers. Mm. But we discussed trailers recently mm-hmm. and the changes to the dialogue in trailers. Right, yeah. Uh, there is a big one in this because there is a moment in the trailer for this mm-hmm. that had me laughing out loud. It was fucking hilarious. And they changed the the scene in the movie. Really? What so, was it? So Batista is talking to the woman who runs the strip club mm-hmm. about the guy who died. Like yeah. he found that guy and he was dead with the cell phone or whatever. And, and the scene is basically they're talking about him. Um, and she's like, yeah, he really liked blowjobs from the back. It's tough. And Batista in the in the movie or in the trailer, he said, I know. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Because it's a joke. Because how the fuck does he know? Right. Yeah. yeah. In the movie, he says weird. Oh, wow. That's a horrible line change. Horrible. That is a, that is a mistake. Uh, that would have been. The funniest thing in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I say that because I laughed hard when I saw the trailer with right. that in it. Like hard laugh. And I, I didn't have a laugh that hard in the movie. Right. I, I laughed quite, a, like I said, the propane bit at the end. I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I love when he just screams when his car explodes because okay. he's like, there's no gasoline. It's an electric yeah. car. Why? Or, or See, when, at that point, I was so done with like the, mm-hmm. oh, poor guy, everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I get it. That's the character. Right. You know, but I didn't hate the movie. Like I said, I thought like some of the stuff dramatically at the end, mm-hmm. now that we're in spoilers, like the whole you know, him taking the bullet for the the daughter. I thought that was good. It won me over. That was, that it was won funny. me over. That was funny in that that they actually, I mean, it's a nice little setup and payoff in that he's like, you think that you can jump in the way of a bullet when it's fired and then the movie does it? Yes. Which is a nice little bit. Um, I, I actually feel like now I've never taken an Uber ever in my life. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I have no idea, but... I will say, based on what I've known and heard and been told, sure, I feel like they actually kind of utilize the Uber premise, maybe to the best of their ability. Now, it's kind of fun. it's a, it's outlandish. It's a it's yes. an extreme version of what it actually is. Yeah, right? I would say. It's, I mean, you, one of the movies that we watched, what was it recently that you didn't like as much as I did, was a um, oh god, always be my maybe. Sure. Yeah. And you said that it kind of felt like a sitcom stretched out to an hour and a half. Yep. This is borderline sitcom humor. It's 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 a heightened reality. It's a silly reality. It makes no sense why Kumail is still there. I mean, they make they do the throwaway line of like they know you. They probably ran your plates. Right. But, yeah. Sure. But it's so it it feels contrived. It is for sure. You're right. He'd be gone. Yeah. He'd be long gone. And there's a little bit in in it where um, there's a lot of conveniences. Yes. Like like the the biggest thing of the movie, the most important thing in the movie is that what's his name had LASIK surgery. Yeah. Without that, the movie's bro. It, it falls apart because right. the only reason this is happening is because he can't see for like 75 percent of the movie. Yes. So conveniently. I mean, and yeah. it's, is it convenience or is it that's the plot of the movie? I that's, almost feel like it's the plot that's of the, the movie. plot of the movie. Yeah. I so. would, yeah. But I'd say the thing that gets me is like, OK, the twist 
the, oh, the, the 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 chief or whatever captain is is the inside mole and and the movie almost is smart about it in that they get it out of the way really early they don't wait for the sure. third act but it's so cliche that i just feel like you can't do it well the other problem is they didn't do enough with the character for me to care that she was bad Right. Like there was to me, there true, was no true, character anyway. So who true, gives a shit? True. That's that's very true. You had the one, had scene, one scene right. with her. And then the next scene is her reveal. And that's kind of. a <laughs> Yeah, it's very weird. Um, And then there's also the cliche of like uh, uh, it's Batista and he's trying to get his partner's killer. Um, yep. And we've dealt with that before. We and, and the fact that it's like never really addressed that it's a cliche in any way. Um, I feel like it's to the movie's detriment. I feel like there's room for humor there. Okay. I felt like it was pretty good. I, like, that didn't bother me, though. I, I, don't I know. liked the little action sequence at the beginning oh, with Eco. Ha- oh, God. With Eco Oase. Oh, you I hate despised it. it. Really? I, immediately, I was like, oh, no. Let's hope this movie has no more action in it because I couldn't <laughs> see what was happening. It wasn't great. I liked some of the ideas more than the actual execution. What is up with Americans hiring Eco Oase and having action scenes where you can't see anything that's happening? Yeah. Because it's so shaky. Like, yeah. you can't. It wasn't great. Don't no. get me wrong. I liked the bit where he's jumping down from layer to layer. That was pretty clever. That was good. Yes. And, and I liked when uh, Dave Batista actually jumped and he fell and it was a single shot where he hit the ground. Yeah, no, it's more, I should specify, it's more like the, the confined hotel room portion of the yes. fight yeah. that, that bothered me. Like yep. the idea of the fight didn't bother me. Uh, I like Karen Gillan. I didn't even know she was in this. I liked that. Yeah. yeah I had no idea. I wish I, she was around more partially because yep. I really just like looking at her. Um, <laughs> there was a part of me that was saying, but, and I, I knew it was a cliche, but I was like, dude, come on. Like, can't she just live? Can't she, can't he have a paraplegic? That would like, And then it's just like, oh, you broke. The stereotype, a little yeah, or the cliche, it, a little it, bit. It, I was, I was a little surprised that she didn't live just because she was playing her. I thought maybe it would be one of those things where she's laid up in the hospital, right? Or I guess that's another cliche. But, yeah, but you know what I mean. But like, it's like, but the five-year time jump, and he's still or four-year, whatever the fuck. I thought it, it was is. like six months. Was it six months? Yeah, I thought it was months. I could be wrong. I thought it was more, but I, I, you know, I really can't remember. <laughs> Right. I, I mean, it's it's it, it was it, long enough where like the case was cold and yeah, you know, yeah, that, that's another thing. But we got to take you off this case. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Right. We're getting it to the feds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. It, I mean, it's it's not. And I like eco waste too. I mean, that was the, I do too. There was I a part too. of me where I know that part of it is like I like Karen Gillan. I like Batista. I like Kumail. I like eco waste. Uh, it just had a cast of people that I like. Sure. And that so helps. It doesn't helps. It? it does. Well, I, I can't I deny it. To your earlier point, though, I think you are correct that the weakness of the movie or what like really stood out to me was how un, how poorly utilized Batista was. Yes. Because he is funny. He's very funny. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was surprised by that, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think playing him as pretty much pure straight man was the smartest thing. And if you're going to do that, I didn't think there was enough of like him really playing up the straight man thing. Right. Well, and I feel like I feel like the idea was like, oh, he's he's insane. But the thing is, is like we're so used to 
buddy cop movies that like the whole like the driven cop who's going to do anything. It doesn't feel insane anymore. So you really needed to instead of like what you're saying, he was he was straight man for a buddy cop movie. Right. Now, if he's in, I don't know, fucking Foxcatcher, he's fucking <laughs> over the top. Uh, more over the top than uh, Steve Carell. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. But uh, but no, I get your point. You're right. You're right. He's not. It's not a dramatic role. Yeah. But in this movie, it just feels a little underwhelming yeah. as far as the humor. And, and I feel shit. like what you could have done to make it really work was actually just go re- like make him flat out insane. Yeah, sure. You know, so that you have two real big characters coming up against each other. Well, and it almost felt like that was what they were going to do when he's like driving blind in the car. Yeah, that I'm was like, pretty good. Okay, see, I didn't like that scene. It I mean, it was it me. was stupid, but it made, it made me laugh just because he's like, you guys got a permit for this? So I just, I don't know. It's dumb. It's, it's a, so dumb. I mean, it's not. It a, makes no sense. It's, it's not a coincidence that stupid and stuber start with the first okay. same first three letters but it was dumb stupid fun it's forgettable i did not That's, regret my time there right okay so i when i got out my thought because you know you always want to like think of like what if you had to say this in two sentences how would you describe this or whatever right. it was like oh that wasn't like it was a harmless waste of time like yeah i didn't hate it yeah i'm not mad i saw it right um yeah it was fine c minus fine yeah yeah b minus huh. I, I i enjoyed kumail more yeah. kumail in movies is i what like I would him like. i do like him i can't wait till silicon valley comes back oh uh quick little thing so he has this woman that he's trying to hook up with yeah um, from uh parks and rec is she from or Parks and Rec? No, 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 no. The, the, the daughter's from Parks and Rec. Yeah, the daughter is from Parks and Rec. Uh, the, the other girl is, uh, she's from Glow. Okay. And there was a part of me that was like, you know, I know that it's movie and cliche bullshit, but the whole like, he has to realize blah, blah, blah. She doesn't see him that way or whatever. Um, it would have been nice if she actually had had an arc to learn something but she doesn't no she's just an ass yeah kind of and yeah. so i feel like there there could have been a nice emotional payoff at the end but instead we kind of got the like ah he's in his life still which you know maybe if there's a sequel right and i'm like hey, there's not going to be a sequel another stuber yeah i don't even know what you call that one another stuber oh god stuber two uh what's what's that i mean what, it depends uh, on what the movie ride ride share there is something like that something, yeah yeah Ooh, stuber x stuber you x. Have uber x that's like a there's like different versions of the uber that oh. you, can order. you would know this if you were an uber aficionado like i'm me. only a self-reliant yeah. person <laughs> um but yeah that's it for that i guess right that's it yeah uh oh. so we're going into shit we watched then right <laughs> Whoa! Shit, we watched. We haven't gotten any feedback on that sound effect. Well, I like it. <laughs> I, I mean, go figure. Yeah. I like something that I made. Yeah, you made right. Well, I could make one of those right now. Please do. Yeah. Um. No. So, uh, yeah. I guess I'll start shit we watched because I went and saw another theater movie. This yes, week. you did. Yeah. Uh, I went and saw Crawl. 
the Sam Raimi produced monster movie. Yeah. Um, and it's the best version of this kind of movie that I can remember seeing in wow. a long time. Like I can't, I don't think I could name one. Like the first one I could name that was like pretty, like, like decent, but bad was deep blue sea. Mm-hmm. And this was way better than that. Wow. Way better. Like on every level, this is see, a better movie. And and Jackson has been telling me it's good. It's Go good. See it. Yeah. Uh, no. Reviews are really good. And I still cannot get over the trailer. Well, so, yeah. And you know what's funny is that I actually, I had a buddy who I play Xbox with. He's actually a listener. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give him kudos. Mm-hmm. Uh, he w- told me like, oh, I can't wait to see that crawl movie. This was like weeks ago. Right. And I like laughed at him. Mm-hmm. I was like, that looks so stupid, dude. Yeah. And then he's like, but no, it it's from Sam, Sam Raimi. Raimi. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't direct it. They're just throwing his name up there to fool you. So that was my thought. That's right. exactly where my head went. We like, had the, we had I don't the, care. We didn't even talk about the trailer and we had the exact same yeah. thoughts. So, so I go see this. Apparently this guy made Piranha. Which oh. I have not seen, but I know it got good reviews. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah. I but I've heard that it's uh, it got good reviews um, as as a cheesy like right st- like women bimbos running around with their tits out like that kind of a movie, which is not what this one which is. Which is not at all what this is. This is basically um, is is it great from a script perspective? No. Basically, the way that this movie works is you get about 20 to 25 minutes of exposition at the beginning, Mm -hmm. um, and it's ham-fisted exposition, admittedly. It's very basic. And then, But once it starts, once the shit hits the fan, it is like five-minute intense fucking scene or 10-minute intense scene extremely effectively done mm. i mean it's it's uh, like i am not one to be like scared by scary movies right this one had me like oh i want to lift my fucking feet up off the ground mm. because it had that feel of like when is this fucker gonna snap on somebody mm-hmm. when is it gonna pop up and and, it, and it's not filmed in a way where the cheap scare movies do it mm. where it's like the obvious like pan on the character pan right. to the right oh, pan God. back it's not done that way you know the scares are coming like you know the jump shit is coming right but it still gets you like it's it's good and the exposition is like heartfelt enough and good enough to make you care Mm -hmm. uh basically but yeah the yeah the the design of the movie is exposition like scene of mother or daughter and father having a conversation about the past and their family Mm -hmm. then you have like 10 minutes of scary shit and then like five ten minutes of this it's like pause play pause play pause play right um super basic uh there's some funny fun shit in it with like characters who just get eaten mm-hmm. and it's fun it's gory um there's oh shit moments i was having a blast i had a blast i'm watching his face i'm i'm genuinely shocked at how much you liked this i had movie. a blast it is a solid b plus wow solid and, and it's the most fun movie of the summer Fun. Now, this is the fun rate ranking where if you're going, this is the this is the prototypical date movie, like mm. high schoolers on a date. Now, movie. I'm going to be really interested next week. We're actually doing a top five of 2019 so far. And I'm going to be really interested if this is actually on that list. It's a contender. 
It's okay. a contender. Okay. I believe it or not, it's it's under an hour and a half bonus wow. points. It's like an hour and twenty something oh, wow. minutes. That's with credits. All right. I'm telling you, All man. All right. I, like you might think it's stupid, but it's fun, and, and it doesn't try to be something it's not, which okay. I respect as well. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So B plus. Um, if I was grading it on the fun scale. It might be an A plus, but it's just so it's so bare bones and it's got such the ham fisted exposition is what what kind of knocks it down. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know exactly how else you would do it with this mm. design. I mean, basically, the plot is the the daughter is a swimmer. Yeah, um, which is fun because you need to be able to swim away from the alligators later. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's a swimmer and her dad was kind of a tough swimmers like coach type dad who okay. always like pushed her and whatever and basically the the other the, her sister the main character's sister hasn't heard from him there's this hurricane coming and she goes to check on him and he's like injured in this crawl space under the house okay. while the hurricane is coming the hurricane by the way in this is great it's a small set it's a small little yeah. section of a town. It doesn't try to be, you know, one of those like 2012 type right. movies. I um, will say that that was one of the things that got me a little excited because I was like, you know, I love the isolate, like the diehard, right. the isolated Agreed. location movie. Yeah. And it's great. It's got the ticking time. Yeah. Like the, you know, you got to get out, figure this out before you're flooded. Right. And it adds that, you know, and that imagine- extra layer of intensity. Escal- escalation. Yeah. It's fucking great. I recommend this wholeheartedly. Okay. Wholehearted recommendation for me. Wow. Yes. Not a half a heart. Yeah. Like That's those fucking, it's- fucking hearts and. Yeah. Breath of the Wild, half a heart. Ooh, Get out of here, sons of bitches. <laughs> um, I'm gonna. This is another to be continued, uh, or it's not to be. It's, uh, it's it a is conclusion. a continuation. Oh, it's a, conclusion. Yeah, it's a conclusion. I finished Neon Genesis Evangelion, and the overall thoughts. Uh, so it doesn't quite finish in the show. There's a movie that caps the whole thing off, which you haven't watched yet. I watched that oh, okay. also. So you did. Truly. I had to know how it really ended at the end. Because at the end, it has a, wait, what the fuck? Okay. Kind of ending. This mo- this show, man, there are moments of pure and utter greatness in this. Like, this show is, it's, I watched it, and, and there was a good five to ten episode stint where I'm just like, this show is fucked. This show is fucked. Oh, my God. Just revelation after revelation sure. of, of fucked up ideas and things that you're learning and... <sighs> And then I heard that, uh, and I, I had to do some research after to find Uh-oh. out what happened. The author of it discovered a book about dealing with depression. And the end of the show changes in a way that is very unexpected. Okay. And I'm really not a fan of it. Really? And- so he let like an outside influence affect how the show's trajectory at a right. point where it was going it was going smoothly. Yes. At least going in the way that I was enjoying. And I know that people really love this show, but there are certain choices, directorial and writing choices that I do not agree with. Okay. Um, they take the main character and they put him in a circumstance where he has to make a decision and 
in his mental state and how it's been for a while, he is the last person that you would want to make the decision that he has to make. Literally like the last person. Okay. And that's an interesting idea. But what it's done to the character is you end up hating the character before you even get to that point where you know he has to make that decision. So you sacrificed your character and the audience's connection to him for an interesting idea that creates suspense in what he's going to choose, but you don't like him anymore. Okay. That's that's a problem to me. Uh, then there are other points where some people will say, oh, it's making you sit in the moment by having characters just kind of sit there silently for a while. There's a big part of me that says the reason it's there is because it costs less money to not animate. Jeez. I mean, I'm sorry, but you want to tell me it's it's purposeful that there's a shot of 50 some seconds where literally nobody's moving and nobody's saying anything? In an animated show? In an animated show. So it's like a still shot, basically? It's a still shot. There's sound effects happening. Okay. But nothing that you can see is happening. That's very strange. It's it's an interesting show. It's got some really cool ideas. I think at the end of the day, I'm... I think I think at the end of the day, if you're an anime fan and you think that this is the best anime of all time, I is that think, a thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you're out of your mind. I think there are clearly better written, better animated shows. Yes, it's it's kind of like the Star Wars of anime, though, in a, in a way, in that it 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 started a lot of new things for animes that they weren't doing. Ways of dealing with characters. Ways of dealing with themes that hadn't been introduced up to that point. Um, I do know that the animation, when they actually did animate, some of the best people working on anime were working on that show at the time. So that's interesting. Um, And it also deals with something that was going on with the youth at the time about there was a real sort of, um, not narcissism, what's the uh, the term for nothing matters? I'm, I'm blanking on it. <laughs> like emo? Like, kind of uh, emo. Uh, what, oh, God. What is, like nihilism? Nihilism. Yeah. So there was a real nihilist movement within the youth of Japan in the 90s. And it really deals with the nihilism of the time. And that's interesting. Um, okay. And it has really interesting things to say about escapism. That's kind of cool. But... The best anime ever? No. no, no, I would I would disagree. It's better than Death Note. I no, I don't think so. Okay, I think it's probably top ten, but that's just because a lot of anime is bad. <laughs> <laughs> what grade would you give it overall? I'd probably give it a. God, that ending really fucks with me though, because before that. So it started out, and you're like C plus B minus, and then it gets going, and you're like, oh motherfucker, you're an A, and okay. then it goes down to, I think it probably rests around a B. So a top ten anime is a B. Yeah, maybe maybe B plus. Okay, it's it's a high B. I'll I'll say that it's a high B. I reserve, this is my first viewing, and I also know that in the animated community, people are really pissed because this was redubbed for Netflix, and there are certain things that are changed, certain lines, uh, and I know that people are pissed about that, so. But it's interesting. It's interesting as fuck, so I do recommend it. What else do you have for shit we watched? 
Uh, I watched, um, let's see here. I've been redoing a rewatch of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, I'm on it. season five. Yes. And it's just, I mean, there's not much more to say about it. Larry is fucking the, he's the best. Yes. Um, I love all the characters. Susie mm. Green is like one of the most underrated television characters. Jeff's wife. Yeah. She's such a bitch and it's hilarious. I got to say, she sometimes takes me out of the show because I'm like, I hate you. You're she's an so awful funny, human. funny though. I mean, she's not as awful as Larry. I mean, usually she's just pissed at Larry because Larry's you know such what? an idiot. You know what? I disagree because sometimes Larry <laughs> is doing something that makes sense. He's not out of line. And she's like, what are you doing? What are you? Well, okay. Fuck you. So that's what's interesting about the show is every episode, there's like these situations Larry gets himself in where you're yeah. either on Larry's side yeah. in the argument or you're on society. Yeah. Well, so there, there was one where Ben Stiller and him are in the producers, the Mel Brooks yeah. Broadway show. Yeah. And Ben Stiller drops someone off who's sitting shotgun. And he's like, Larry, hop up front. And Larry's just like, no, I don't want to move. Why Why should mm. I have to hop up front? And I'm totally in the Ben Stiller argument on this one because, mm. like, you're not a sh- he's not a chauffeur. You you sit up front that you just move seats, you know, like it's not that big of a deal. Just fucking move seats. You know, in all honesty, I mean, I, I'd have to see how the scene plays out, but I might be on Larry's side well, on that one. Okay, here's another one. So uh, uh, David Schwimmer loses his watch. Yeah. Okay. And Larry finds the watch. Yep. Calls David Schwimmer and says, hey, I found your watch. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll give it to you next time I see you. So within the next half hour, he loses the watch. And David Schwimmer's like, okay, well, you owe me a watch now. And Larry's like, no, you're in the same position you were in if I wouldn't have found it. Like, you lost the watch. This makes no difference. And again, I'm on David Schwimmer's team, I think, where it's like, yeah, but you found it. Like, you shouldn't have notified him that you found it. Once you find it, you've taken responsibility of the item. That's an interesting one. And this is why I love Kirby. Yeah, it's great. But, I mean, that's an interesting one to me because they it's really funny. They deal with social norms and morality. And that's like, yes. that's the basic uh, premise Every of the show. Every episode has those things. And, and there's a part of me that says, well, he's not wrong. You're in the exact same position you were in before. The only thing that's changed is that I found it for a little while and then I lost it. <laughs> right. <laughs> but also it doesn't change the fact that you lost it initially. So it's it's one of those like cyclical arguments where somebody has a counter that counters right. the other and just we go around. But I would say most of the time I'm on Larry's side, which is it's yeah. just that he can't let the little things yes. go. Yes. That the, the average yes. person would just. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But oh, I do want to mention there was kind of a, a sad moment watching the show because uh, what's his name? Uh, the the new checkoff. What was that actor's name who died? Who had the car um, oh, run into him? Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. But anyways, he uh, he was in an episode playing like uh, uh, Cheryl's niece or something. Okay, and it was one of the funniest scenes of the show so far. Basically, like he shows Larry a magic trick, mm-hmm. and Larry's like, "Hey, how'd you do that?" 
And he's Anton like, wasn't yeah name? Anton Yelchin Yelchin yeah. yeah he he shows Larry a, uh, a a magic trick and Larry like is like hey how'd you do that like it's a card trick it's yeah. like really interesting I want to learn it and he's like no can't tell you you're not a magician <laughs> and it's Larry getting pissed and him being like Larry's like well wait a minute. It's the only trick you know, right? He's like, yes. He's like, someone showed it to you, right? Yeah. At that point, you weren't a magician. He's like, no, I'm a magician. It's like, he can tell. Uh, he could tell I'm a magician. And it was fucking hilarious. And it just made me sad that Anton Yelchin's gone. Yeah. But yeah. But that yeah, is a rough it's, one. the show is fucking great. I mean, it's 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 up there. If you like Seinfeld humor, just everyday bullshit, like situational mm. humor, that's just like every single fucking episode is there's a scene where you're like oh god this reminds me of whatever and mm-hmm. it's just like you walk through life if you're a seinfeld fan there's a, a couple things probably every day you run into that that show addressed at right. some point right you know so it's it's great so i watched for the first time ever lady in the water oh my goodness and i have a newfound disappreciation unappreciation i'm unappreciative of m night Shyamalan. it's really something else isn't it it's fucking atrocious do you think it's his worst movie it might be worse than uh uh last Last airbender no it might be i haven't seen the last airbender but i didn't think it was that horrible it's fucking atrocious it's, it's him at his most unhinged ridiculous can we just say this spoilers real quick uh i mean if you haven't seen this movie you're like me and you didn't care um he made himself the legendary writer that was going to change time yeah he made himself the person who was writing something so important it changed the world. That's right. He also, the only person, the only person who dies in the movie is the most over-the-top film critic that's ever existed, ever. Who played him again? Uh, I don't remember, but I know it's the guy from Seinfeld who looked at Elaine's boobs. Got it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's in all like the Christopher Guest, like best in show type those yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. With the glasses, nerdy looking guy. Yeah. Yep. Um, he killed the film ca- critic. He. Yes, he killed the film critic. A man who up to that point in his career had like very little criticism of him. He didn't have much, and it certainly That's went true. To- I think this was the follow-up to The Village. I yeah. think it was The Village and then this. Yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry. You had one movie that didn't hit the mark, and you lost it well, and arguably killed? it did, though. It made a ton of money. The, the reviews were, eh. But- I, I think The Village is a pretty lackluster movie. I like The Village. Um, but it's not. No. You're right. like, I, like I said, I predicted the twist in the first sure. 10 minutes and that ruins the movie in my opinion uh but that movie is full of the most con- ridiculous conveniences the dumbest fucking lore so much exposition it's like walking scene exposition scene walking scene exposition scene it's fucking ridiculous it's an awful awful movie i don't think it's one of his worst like okay here here's what i'll say when i saw it i thought it was horrible 
the yeah. first time I saw it. Yeah, stick with I, that. Over, over time, over time, I've gotten a little bit of an appreciation for it because it was still a sh- like you. It was still one of those Shyamalan movies at a time when it was like, okay, you're gonna see something a little different and mm. weird here. Um, it was far and away the worst thing he had made at that point. Right. I thought the happening was worse. The happening um, is. I haven't seen After Earth or the last airbender yeah i haven't seen after but i think the happening is worse than lady in the water the happening is is truly unbelievably awful yes um they're different kinds of bad this is shooting for the moon and falling flat on your face on the concrete that you're on bad that was like that was like walking through the park and then falling on your face bad because he was like it wasn't like he was even trying with the happening well maybe that's the problem is the lady in the lady in the water feels like a Shyamalan-esque movie whereas the happening feels like he's trying to make like a not Shyamalan movie I can't believe he made himself the legendary writer it's I so mean, bad. It, who else was he going to play? And the dialogue, Why does he have to play someone dialogue, in every one of his movies yeah, by I, the way? I hate that because he is not a good actor no. Um, and there are camera choices that do not work for me. Um, there's particular, there's a scene in which uh, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard inspires him to write the great American novel. And uh, and you never get a close-up of his face. You never get the look on his face when this inspiration, this muse is doing her thing. Uh, it's bad. I, it's just bad the characters are bad everybody what do you think of giamatti you know giamatti is a good actor <laughs> he's a good actor and i actually think he actually does an okay job in some of the scenes i think he's probably the only decent like performance in the movie because everybody else is a caricature that's so over the top you can't believe him and and I'm sorry, it's just full of so many contrivances and so many things that just would never happen in reality. <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard's name is Story. Yeah, Story. <laughs> uh, oh, God. It's just, I, I really hated it. What about, what do you think of the guy who only works out with half of his uh, body? <laughs> uh, it was so bad. It is terrible. And you know, because they get some of like the things wrong with like who's who in the show or whatever. And you're like, you just feel it coming. Oh, that's right. That's a big part of the plot is all of them have to take the place of an archetypical like fantasy character. And then see, but that's the stuff where it's like he went for it and it's kind of fun. I hated it. Okay. I I just, I mean, I'd still give it a D, but it's, ugh. And then he's got this great line in it, too, where somebody was like, oh, he was so sure when when they were picking the archetypes and they turned out to be wrong. Yes. And he's like, and you he knew was, they would be wrong. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, he was so sure. And then the guy from uh, from um, uh, Westworld, he's like, who would be so arrogant as to say what's in another human's heart? And then it turns out to and then they cut to the film critic, which is right before he dies. And it's like. Fuck you, Shyamalan. Which guy from Westworld? Oh, God. He's, uh, fuck. He's the robot. He's the robot who interviews Dolores? Doris? Oh, Jeffrey Wright. 
Yeah. Yes. Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Good actor. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. Not in He's this. perfect for a movie like this, though, with that. Just everyone in this movie talks. Yeah. Really soft. I hate and it. And everything's depressing. It's and- awful. It's an awful, awful, awful movie. Yeah, he tried to do the thing, too, where, like, the setting is supposed to be, like, a character. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it doesn't work, really. It's just so full of exposition. It's, like, the first three minutes is, like, exposition. And I'm, like, this is, this whole story. I think it's hilarious that you just picked this up to watch this, by the way. I hate it. I hated it. I just had to know. And then the marketing for the movie. I mean, could you imagine going in? And I like, did. I and, thought it was like a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, they market it. Because how do you market this movie? This is nothing. What is this? I thought it was a horror movie about like these little pine cone looking animal wolf things yeah. that like attack people at yeah. this. Yeah. Like I had no fucking idea it's what a, I was getting it's into. A, it's like a bad 80s fantasy movie is what it is. It's like a terrible version of the never-ending story. Like the labyrinth or something. Yes, yes. Garbage. All right. F, don't see it. I mean, see it so that you can laugh at it. I don't think everyone would hate this. No, no, because there are some points where the movie attempts to have a heart, and I think some people will be moved by some of the things. Okay. I was not. Um, Well, no, that's not true. I was moved by a couple things, but then I immediately was taken out of it by a more exposition and garbage um do you have anything else i do i went and saw jim brewer do stand up ah and you know what it was fucking hilarious um i will say though what really is interesting is this really makes me feel old now because like i go to work and i work with a lot of like you know mid-20s right yeah and they like you tell them you saw jim brewer who's that and to me that's like how do you fucking not know who Jim Brewer is? That's another uh, audience engagement here right now. Let us know if you know who Jim Brewer is. Yeah. And every time I have to be like the half-baked guy or goat boy, but they're not going to know goat boy. They might know the half-baked right, guy. Right. But, nah, nah. Yeah. I mean, he's a funny son of a bitch. And he had some great bits in there about like, you know, how mean teenagers are when like their parents like don't know how to use a smartphone like to do something come on dad and he's great with the sound effects Mm. um yeah and he's funny it was really fucking funny but uh yeah so yeah i I would recommend if you ever have the chance to see jim brewer see jim brewer he's still funny um and he'll be back in madison in november apparently but but yeah that's uh that's it for shit we watched my last thing involves a story so Jackson told me we were going to watch 48 hours and I said, okay, cool. Never seen it. Let's go. Uh, I'll, I'll go to family video and I'll check it out. Let's do this. Um, get there. I'm like, yeah, it's a, I'll give money to a DVD rental place, you the know, local. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm helping out a small failing business and uh, I get there and, oh, here's 48 hours. Cool. Pop it in. Huh. Pretty sure Jackson told me that Mike from Breaking Bad is in this. I don't know. I'm like 45 minutes in. He's nowhere to be seen. Go on IMDb. What the fuck? Like, none of these people are in this movie. Then I realize I'm watching another 48 hours. Another 48 hours. Which is the sequel. Yes. And. Which is uh, like, I'm. 
I haven't seen it in years. If I remember correctly, it's terrible. It's very low budget. The acting is awful. The story is so contrived. Uh, uh, Nick Nolte explodes somebody in the first act so that he basically is like, there's an investigation to see if he's an unhinged cop because he's trying to catch the Iceman. And uh, because that's like some crime lord that he's been trying to catch for five years or whatever. And uh, and they tie it back to the original in some pretty shitty ways. Um, Like, oh, I stole his money. And I'm like, wait, you stole from like this crime lord that everybody knows about. But apparently like no cops what know were about. You think? How did you not spot this as a sequel immediately? So, so, so here's the thing. I'm like, oh, they'll just, it's one of those movies where they're like, they're, they're establishing that there's like a previous history, but they'll eventually get to it in the movie. Cause he's like, I got your money, Reg. And you're like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll find out what happened with that money. And you know, But they never, they like don't reference that they went on an adventure together. He's just like, I got your money, Reg. You know, and and they don't. Is it the money from the first movie? It is the money from the first movie. And they don't address the idea that um, they became friends. Because they just don't like each other at the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, well, we're doing the standard buddy cop thing where they don't like each other. And then they learn to like each other. Because they didn't have a creative way of doing a sequel without just playing the same notes as they did in the first movie. Exactly. Okay. So. That doesn't make any sense contextually with the first film. Also, you want to know what's great is they did one of the worst things that you can do with these buddy cop movies, which is like the bad guy is the brother of the guy who got killed in the first movie. Oh, no. That's such an 80s thing. Yeah. Like uh, Die Hard 3. Yes. Die Hard 3. And I actually like the villain in Die Hard 3. Oof. I like Simon, Jeremy Irons. Good old old Alfred. Yep. Alfred. (laughs) I like him. Uh, Why does he need to be be the the brother? brother, Yep. Yep. Because everybody loved Hans Gruber. Revenge. Yeah. It's also a yeah, easy it's, plot it's, device. Easy. easy quick. Uh, that's a buddy cop movie, too. It is. Yeah. I would not say upper tier. No, but I enjoy Die Hard 3. I do. I enjoy with a vengeance. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Is that the one with? No, no. That it, The second one is with uh, Sam Jackson. Right? Nope. Second one's the airport. Third one's Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. The airport is really bad. I don't think it's that bad. I think I I think I the think third one they went for something different. The first two are pretty much the same concept. Only this one's in an airport. I think that the first one is a masterpiece. I think it's one of the few movies I would call a perfect movie. That's the problem is and because I would, you can't like. And I would say the other ones just go down to like being as bad as some of the Lethal Weapon uh, sequels. You know. It's fine enough, but it's not believable. It doesn't have the same heart. It might have some funny quips, but the action is over the top. And a lot of the action, if you think about it for five minutes, it makes no sense. That's why I hate them, is the action is so unbelievable. I actually think the Lethal Weapon sequels are better than the Die Hard sequels. I can't remember. In all honesty, they all bleed together, so I don't remember. I remember the one where... Jet Lee shows up? That was four. Okay. Yeah. I remember that one vaguely, but two With and Chris three. Rock. Yes. Joe Pesci was a good sequel character in three and four. Okay. Like there's some fun moments in those. I'll have to revisit. We'll have to revisit the those. The Lethal sometimes. Weapon series. Yeah. 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 
they are I mean, it's a good series like but yeah no but continue with what are we talking about another 48, another 48 hours? hours and the worst thing is is okay family video what are you doing so hold on because i discs, haven't gotten this cleared up the disc was in the case there are two cases behind it both said 48 hours in big bold you know like the clock are you sure font. oh yeah oh yeah it's a 48 hours. The thing that another 48 hours has on top of it, it has, it has this little in italicized letters, really tiny font says another across the top. Oh, so it's there, but it was it's, like it's super tight. And also the 48 hours logo. I'm I'm showing Jackson. I'm basically it's about that big. On it's like the a desk. silver dollar. Yeah. No. I, why is it behind 48 hours? It's another movie. It has a different title. It goes in a different spot. That's fucked. And I got to tell you, so he sent me a text last <laughs> night uh, during this debacle. Yeah. Um, basically, like, I, you know, he's like, he's like, God damn it. And I'm like, huh, what's what's going on? What's wrong? And he basically says, um, this is the text. I got all 75% into a, another 48 hours and realized I'm watching the wrong one. I didn't read another. Uh, so I was like, are you watching another 48 hours in quotes like the movie? Yeah, that's and he's like, I said to Pam, Jackson's not going to like my review of this movie five minutes into the movie. So that's fucking hysterical. Yeah. I almost watched it last night just because just, just, I'm going to watch it. It's I feel so like I bad. have to watch it. It's really bad. I mean, it's one of those times where there was moments where Eddie Murphy's got a little bit in is it. Is it an F or is it like, man, it's okay. I would give it a, a D. D-ish. Okay. Yeah. Because I know it's, it's, it's notoriously a bad sequel. It's very bad. Yeah. In comparison, even even the fact that the first one is not this masterpiece, it's still a huge knockdown. You know, I don't even know. The first one might be a masterpiece just in the context of it creating something. But you're right. There's nothing wrong with the first one. The time that it's made. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that I realized that... when I when I first started watching Star Wars, when my dad first introduced it to me, he's like, well, this doesn't have the same special effects you're used to. And I ended up saying to him, like, you're fucking wrong. These special effects are awesome. Right. You know, um, and this wasn't the special edition, people. This was before. Yes. The horrors. Um, and he said, like, you sometimes have to look at a movie in the context of the time that it was made. It's very and, true. And and it's tough. And it's the thing I realized I thought about Neon Genesis Evangelion. And same thing I thought about 48 Hours, which is like, yeah, these things aren't done particularly well, but were they done well for the time it was made? Well, and I wouldn't say it's not done well. It's almost refreshing to watch a movie that like is lean and gets to the point. Oh, sometimes I don't mean too. script wise. I mean like some of the camera work isn't as sophisticated. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. You know, that was the that was one of the big things was the camera work. There's one scene in 48 Hours though that I right. should have brought up when we talked about it, uh, where it's the first time you see like the police station and Nick Nolte just got back, his partner got shot. And I'm yeah. pretty sure it's one shot and it's just like chaos happening yeah, in the police yeah. station. Lots of extras, like things going yeah. on. And I actually said to myself, like, oh, that's that's pretty good. It's it's nice staging. It's pretty good. Yeah. Nice staging. Yeah. 
Um, I'm still- starting to get a lot more of a respect for that aspect of it, because when you have that many people, even if it's only like 10, 15 extras and they're all they all have to be in character, even yeah. though they're not the focus of what's happening. Yep. When they pull that shit off, especially in an older movie, because yeah. now you can cheat a little bit. Yep. You know, um, I'm pretty impressed by that. Oh, yeah. I I, I, I do enjoy the uh, the long take. Right. But uh yeah, another forty-eight hours. It's his D. It's it's uh, it's <laughs> tremendously unsatisfying. But there are some scenes with Eddie Murphy that are funny. Okay, and Nick Nolte does have a couple of funny little quips. Now, the first one had a lot of racial humor. In no the racial show. humor. Yeah, see, that's part of the movie. They like, they abandoned it, and um, it did feel like a toothless movie in that regard. In comparison, right? Um, yeah. Well, once I watched them back to back. Yeah. You know, I was able to see. He's not calling Eddie Murphy watermelon or yeah. anything. Oof. Oof. <laughs> and, and it's not like we as reviewers are wanting that in the movie as far as like we want racism in the movie. But what we do want is a character that's very clearly defined. Right. Um, and now has a very clear arc. And there's something to be said about like, he, it's just so toothless when he just calls him a convict throughout the whole movie yeah. as an insult. It's like. Yeah, but he was your buddy in the right. last movie. Well, and like the first one, I mean, you're he's one of those like characters where he's a scumbag, but he's like kind of a likable scumbag. Yeah. And it makes the arc more well defined yes. by the end. And, and you know, like because you don't have well, the you same- know, he's playing this tough guy persona right it makes it way deeper and more interesting their relationship i would say and it's a small thing like it's just the little things that you pepper in the movie um and it makes it more interesting well it's just one of those things that we in society it'd be like be like if you're making a movie and they have a made-up racial slur like what mud blood Oh, you, okay. got, you got your mud bloods. Uh, am I supposed to have the same reaction to that as I do a real True. racial slur? No. And it's the same thing with convict. Nobody. Yeah, pussy. Any, and anyone who saw the first movie is sitting there going like, oh, come on. Yeah. What is this bullshit? Yeah. And it's not like, hey, I want racist Nick Nolte. But in this context, I want him to be the real asshole that he is. Right. Not the cartoon PG-13 version. He calls him convict. The whole time. I don't think he ever calls him so anything other than that's that. That's like their con- like the, their banter, the good banter yeah. they had in the first one is replaced by just obvious right. dr- drivel bullshit in the second one. Yeah, it's bad. It's God, quite they're bad. they're both so good in the first one. They, they have moments. They have moments in the second one. That's why it's not an F. Okay. But overall... T- terrible like a complete waste of time like i if i saw this in theaters i'd be pissed unlike stuber okay yep especially because you're going in you'd be like a fan of the first one and you want like another witty like you know kind of ballsy movie well hey remember the context i hadn't seen the first right well that makes it even worse that you hated it so much yeah because it's like I don't have. You probably any would have hated it way more. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would be an F if I had seen the first. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Well. Yeah. Buddy cop movies. Some might say we're a little bit of a buddy cop. Uh, a podcast. buddy cop team podcast. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start calling you convict. All right. I'll call you f- feather hair. <laughs> that fucking hair is the best. 
<laughs> When's it coming back? I don't know. Maybe we'll bring it back. But anyways, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you guys want to check out our website, www.boredandannoyed.com, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, Jackson runs all of that. Drop a line. Say, hey, uh, you can talk shit about me because I never check that shit. Send an email. Whatever you want to do. For those who actually listen this far in, now I will check couple the Instagram. Of, couple of dudes at boredandannoyed.com email address. Couple of dudes. But yeah, uh, we will be back in two weeks with a review of The Lion King. Yes. You're going to have to wait an extra week for that. Yep. But yeah. Thanks for listening.